Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZB, we're looking back at Thursday. Um, and uh, and well, it looks like we're allowed back to Antarctica. Hooray! Uh, we've got the royal swearing story um, and the Alan show story, which keeps in, keeps swaying from being a story or not being a story. We'll see if it's still a story. And um, some nut talk. Courtesy of Marcus to round things off. But first up, uh, yeah, we, we we need to open the borders up a bit uh, to get business going, according to John Key and Helen Clark. Like a lot of things, it seems inconsistent. Either you have nobody coming in here at all, no German engineers, no, Wellington can be waist deep in sewerage and that's just the way it is, no Avatar crews coming back, no, well, tough. Nobody's going to the movies anyway. Why on earth would you have them here? No America's Cup crews. They're from America, and look how toxic that is. I mean, and yet they have let all of these people in. And managed isolation has occurred, and it's been completed successfully. So what's the problem exactly? If the universities can work with officials who have a will and a desire to let students in in a safe way, in a way that doesn't compromise the sacrifices that have been made, where is the problem? And of the 68% who want to keep the borders closed, what is the rationale given that the borders aren't closed? They are open for returning New Zealanders, permanent residents, and anybody the government decides can have a visa. Helps if you're a Hollywood worker. Helps if you're a America's Cup syndicate. Helps if you're somebody who can fix the plumbing. But if they can say yes to those people, why not yes to others? It is utterly inconsistent. I did find it interesting about the German sewerage engineer situation. That... I just had no idea. It's so specialised that only Germans know how to do it, and we don't. Just goes to show, eh? Um, certainly, I wouldn't want to have anything to do with it. That's for sure. If I could get anybody else, I'd get them in from anywhere. I'd get them in from space. I can sort it out, uh, or Antarctica even. This sounds like a, a bit of a logistical nightmare. How many people are going to head down to Antarctica? Uh, well, for this this season ahead of us, we, we have around about 100 personnel in total for our season muster for the 2020-21 the Antarctic season. So that's, that's down on what we've previously moved, um, but we've paid particular attention this season to reduce impacts upon the program and reduce that opportunity of introducing COVID to Antarctica. So we've gone with a planning approach that is is really focused on supporting critical infrastructure um, to run Scott Base and a focus on some of the long-term science experiments that have been running down there since the 50s and other critical sort of engineering project works that we need to continue for maintenance of the base. So, Okay, so we'll be, Simon, we'll be quarantining people who are, or, or managed isolation, putting people uh, who are going to Scott Base in managed isolation. What about McMurdo and all those other stations? So for the Ross Sea region where we're based, Heather, we work very closely with the US Antarctic program. Um, McMurdo Station is, is just over the hill, and our 
joint logistics platform is, is very integrated with the United States. So we are working together with them and other national programs to ensure that we have the same code of practice of um, personnel isolating and having those health and welfare checks before they go south. Now, unfortunately, because basically everything I know about Antarctica I've learned from um, movies... I feel like as soon as they get there, um, there'll be some kind of uh, ancient or alien monster uh, that's just been having free reign because there's been nobody down there for so long, and it will kill them all. So it's a bummer for them, unless that's just something that happens in movies, of course, and then they'll, they'll be fine. Uh, so uh, we hit, it's okay to swear at the Royals now as long as you're old enough, apparently. William and Kate have tried their hand at bingo calling. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. So during lockdown, the Royals did a bingo session over Zoom with a retirement village in Cardiff. And this week they went and visited these old people again. And they were introduced <laughs> to one of the residents called Joan. And they said, hi, Joan, do you remember we did bingo with you and you said you weren't very good? And she swore at them. And <laughs> I had to have a quick run through with producer Andrew out back because I wasn't sure which swear words I'm allowed to say on the radio. But Joan said, yes, you did a bloody S word job to the Royals. I love Joan and I want to be her best friend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> goodness me. What was their reaction to that? I think they were taken aback, mouths agape, and then they laughed along with it. But I don't think it's often that people speak to the royals like this, and I no. adore it. They'd really be told they'd do an S job, I wouldn't have thought, to be honest. So, hey, and now we come, as lovely as that story is, now we come to what we know you really want to talk about, <laughs> My Sinead. passion project. Absolutely. The sideshow around the Ellen show, it just rolls on. <laughs> It does. So the latest Alan Gossip, her brother has spoken out and he has gone on his Facebook page. His name is Vance and he has said, OK, I need to say something. My sister is being viciously attacked and let me assure you it's all bull. And then you can figure out the rest of the word. What Joan said. <laughs> what Joan said, yeah. Joan said, exactly. Yeah. And he said, if you don't support Alan, then you don't support me, so please unfriend me. And I feel like Vance has may have lost a couple couple friends overnight. <laughs> I was going to say, who the heck is Vance when he's at home? I know. Vance, yeah, Vance, Vance and Joan would get along, I reckon. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. Right. Because who was the big name celebrity that just came out? I, I think I read the story just before coming on air. came out in support of Alan. Yes, oh, there's been a couple lately. And today there was Ash. Ashton Kutcher spoke out about Ashton Kutcher Kutcher and Jay Leno and me and my colleagues were joking thinking that maybe they've all been sent like a press kit to support Alan you know like with a press release of tweets that they should make because it's just weird that everyone is tweeting in support of her today yeah very possible they're rolling out some good PR Right. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to the second instalment of the, or actually the tenth instalment <laughs> no, of Alan tomorrow. Seven hundred and fifty-second instalment tomorrow. I'm going to be doing this for years. It is my full-time. <laughs> Good day. on you. Have a great day, Sinead. Yeah, it's weird how uh, quickly uh, we've gone from loving and um, basically putting Ellen on a massive pedestal, and she can do no wrong. To you know, she's the Antichrist. Um. It's like we were just waiting to be told that there was a reason to take her down. Uh, Kate's not a fan of that kind of behaviour. I'm not assuming for a minute that Ellen is any kind of saint. 
who doesn't deserve any backlash from those with legitimate issues or poor treatment. I know from my own experience on the set of Alan at a behind-the-scenes tour with a Warner's exec that staff did not speak highly of her, that much of what's being said now was also being said years ago, back when we were on her lot in LA. She has a reputation, they told me, for being harsh, demanding, aloof. She was deeply unpopular with staff. But does that warrant her cancellation? For all the many stars she showcases on her platform who've benefited from her daytime audience exposure, there don't appear to be many coming out in support of her. Well, not publicly anyway. And that's the problem. Cancel culture is so toxic and so large that even those who may disagree with it wouldn't dare say so. Comedian Kevin Hart, someone who's been the target of cancel culture himself after a homophobic tweet from years ago of his resurfaced in his Oscars hosting role, you'll remember got subsequently binned over, uh, has supported Alan publicly. He's one of only a handful of Hollywood stars to do so. But I thought what he said summed up what's happening these days quite well. He said, the internet has become a crazy world of negativity. We are falling in love with people's downfall. Isn't that the truth? He went on to say this hate has to stop. Hopefully it goes out of style soon. I know here in New Zealand a few outgoing politicians might agree with that. Labour MP Claire Curran in her valedictory this week said gotcha media or gotcha politics has to stop, that the media is too much about catching people out these days and bringing them down and not enough about issues. But maybe that's just a mirror reflection of what's happening on the internet. Toxic cancel culture is still in vogue. It's gotten legs and sadly doesn't appear to be going away. But I personally think it's high time cancel culture was itself cancelled. Yeah, it's nutty, isn't it? And really, that's just my desperate attempt to segue into this final cut. Uh, bald face segue, uh, because Marcus isn't really sure what is a nut and what isn't. Actually, funny enough, I'm not really reading the room. What I've been doing is looking at a list of nuts that aren't nuts. And I tell you what, I've read this list twice, nuts that aren't nuts, peanuts, almonds, cashews, walnuts, pine nuts, Brazil nuts, macadamia nuts, pistachios, pecans, and coconuts. Well, I can't think of any nuts that aren't nuts. If they're all the nuts that aren't nuts, I can't think of any the nuts that are nuts. That's every nut I can think of. Peanuts, almonds, cashews, walnuts, pine nuts, Brazil nuts, macadamia nuts, pistachio nuts, pecan nuts, and coconut nuts. None of those are nuts. I think the coconut is a druze. So I thought that's pretty interesting. So yeah, I always thought the peanut was the only nut that wasn't a nut because it grew under the ground. But it's very, very complicated. Nuts are foods... Nuts are fused to their shell, otherwise known as a pericarp, and they won't naturally break open. So I think the only nut that is a nut is a hazelnut. Isn't that interesting? I always thought the only nut that wasn't a nut was a peanut. I don't know if any of you are finding this interesting. I am finding it fascinating. The other thing about nuts and pulses that I find fascinating is sesame seeds. So small, so delicious, and often one of the cheapest things at the supermarket. How do they, in fact, harvest those and make any money? And sometimes at the supermarket, in one of those special aisles, you can find those delicious hard kind of things that are sesame and honey all caked together. That strong, crisp thing. They give them away. They cost nothing.
So I don't know. I don't know why some things are so expensive, but sesame seeds that always look so fiddly are so cheap. You see, uh, I wish. If, with just a little bit of preparation, we could have had a whole lot of imaging made up for that with stings and IDs and changed the name of the station to Nut Talk ZB for the night. But So it's a missed opportunity there. I'll just write a little note to Marcus and his producer about that, I think. I am Glenn ZB. Um, it's possible I think about these things a little bit too hard. And I'll see you back here again on Monday with a weekend edition of News Talk ZB.